Hello, this is Matt Kennedy, and you're listening to Pod Sequentialism with Matt Kennedy. And we're going to do a quick little snippet here because I found that in a recent conversation with my um, guest, Autumn Rain Trakel, that a question that came up after we, we stopped recording was about freelance rates. And one thing that we've always prided ourselves here at Pod Sequentialism about is that we do speak numbers. You know, we, we try and give as much information to people as possible. And so I brought um, Autumn back, and we're going to talk a little bit about freelance rates. So um, what are some of the rates that are out there? Like if someone is being hired to do key art or do, um, you know, a, a some design element work, what's the type of rate that they, they should reasonably expect? Well, with with the key art thing, it ranges. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also, you know, if you're if you're covered by a an agency, mm-hmm. it's going to be even higher for the client, right? Um, and you can expect a certain amount of pay. I do know that there's places in town that will get you like, and this is in Los Angeles for those interested. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe four hundred to six hundred a day. Yeah, and that's that's a full. They can expect you know that's the commute. That's it's all on you. Yeah, right. Um, and I believe so. Let's talk about. Uh, sketch art in general. So Mike Butkus, uh, he's the he's kind of the go-to guy and the guy you know everybody's like, can you make it look like this guy? You know, yeah. Um, he's been doing it for years and years and years. So him being a veteran, uh, from what I understand, he's uh, above a thousand a day. Yeah. How much above a thousand? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I haven't even spoke with Butkus, even though we've used him on projects when when we're just overloaded. Right. Um, but basically, <clears throat> they should expect to work about a nine or ten hour day, and the um the begin the low end of that that spectrum should be four hundred to six hundred dollars. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. I mean, if you're super green, if you've never done it before, mm-hmm. then don't expect more than than four or five hundred. Right. Um. There's places like Frameworks LA and um, what's the other studio? It's right. Trailer Park. There's... Oh no no no! Uh, agencies. Who, oh, who, gotcha, who you gotcha. Can, you can send them your stuff. Um, Famous Frames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they they'll represent you and send you out on on jobs, and you know they'll they'll take care of everything on the on the. Uh, on the back end. Now, what um, what commission should someone expect to pay to an agency for work booked? And in your experience, what are the ramifications of signing those agreements? Um, <clears throat> what they can pay an agency, I believe it's 20 to 25% above what you make. Right. Um, and it again, it depends on the agency. And most of the times you're going to, they're going to ask for a, uh, non-compete clause and um, other paperwork that I was lucky enough not to sign when right. I signed so, up. So people need to be aware of that. And before signing any kind of contract that will limit who you can work for, you need to get a sense that this is an agency that's going to give you a lot of work. Of course, when you're green and you're just starting out, you're, you're eager to work and you want to sign stuff. Um, do you, In your experience, can you change the contract that's put in front of you? No. They won't. They won't wiggle. They won't budge. Uh, I mean, they they have to make their money, right? right? You know, so if they're taking twenty percent, you can't say, "How about ten percent?" Yeah, yeah, no, you know. And I, I would understand that that would be a point that probably isn't negotiable. But other elements, like um, 
Well, okay, let's say the the non compete thing. Yeah. Um. So there's studios in town. There's so many studios in town. Yeah. That as a freelancer, um, if you've developed your relationship with a studio, and then you have an agency also representing you, um. He can get sticky at times, yeah. meaning, you know, if a studio contacts you directly and the agency already has an existing relationship, then what do you do in that? You know, I, I believe your contract is probably going to say if they contact you directly that you have to that you have yeah. to you have to go through the agency. But if you've already established a relationship, you want to annex that from the companies that they can have um, some kind of um, control over. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So. The best thing to do in that regard is to provide your agency with a list of the the the, Here's the what I'm already working agencies with. you've already worked with, the yeah. companies you've already worked with. That way, there's not any bad blood, and you continue to get work. Right. But, so, so uh, talking about freelance rates, mm-hmm. and this is really interesting to me because a lot of artists don't really kind of they don't they don't know how to set their rates. Right. So, what I generally say is charge what you're worth. And charge what you want to make. Right. So if you work fast um, and you're good at what you do, then break it down into what you want to make per hour. So if you want to make above minimum wage, which we all do, then just multiply take that take that project look at how many hours it's going to take you pad it because it's going to take you longer than you think yeah and then multiply that by what you want to make. Yeah. Be it $20, $50, $100 an hour. Yeah. And then make sure that when you're doing that, tack on another 30% because that's your taxes at the end of the year. Right. Which you you have to, you, you're going to get 1099s. Yes. And you're going to have to pay because you're getting 1099s and you're not on a payroll system without money being taken out, you automatically get penalized. Um, and we just, my wife and I just went through this with uh, her job 1099ing her and it cost, it put us in a new tax bracket. So mm-hmm. I ended up paying more tax. We lost money. Mm-hmm. Did, you do, did, did she do itemized deductions? We didn't hit the threshold. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you just did the standard deduction? We could only do the standard deduction because of the amount of money that we made on paper. <clears throat> hmm. But, um, you yeah, know. it's it's often you you look at these numbers where you're like, $400 a day. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. And, and then now cut out 50% of that. Yeah. So you're looking at a $200 day. Yeah. You know, because you got to take money out for taxes, money out for taking care of yourself, money out for everything else. So at least 25%. Now, this is what most accountants will say. Until you hit a higher tax bracket, you want to assure removing 25% right off the top. So if you get that check, open up a second account. Mm -hmm. It can be um, an annual CD where you know you're going to have to close it out to pay your taxes with it. That way you get a slightly better interest rate on it. Mm-hmm. Make sure you know going in that um, what the date that you're going to be withdrawing that is when you pay your tax. Know your um, your target dates with the IRS, with the um, State Board of Equalization. And if you do that, then if you have if you wind up not being in the bracket that you thought you were going to be, Great, you've got more money that you can leave in that CD to to keep it open to accrue a little bit more interest for the next go round. But thirty um, percent is good because that that will account if you're saving thirty percent. Maybe don't put all of that in the CD, but um, 
you know, that will account for healthcare. That will account for the things that you don't necessarily get covered for as as a freelancer. Of course, in California and now with the um, with the Affordable Care Act, until that is shot down, it is still absolutely necessary for you to prove that you have insurance and you can get insurance and you can go into the open market and you can kind of negotiate. We'll see how long that lasts. But in California, we have a second level of it, which gets you a slightly better rate and better coverage than other parts of the country. But um, that you then get a tax credit for when you file your taxes. So that's that's an important thing to bring up, and I don't I don't think that people think about that. It's like, oh yeah, like you say, I just got a check for a thousand bucks. Well, that thousand dollars is really only seven hundred bucks, yeah. or you're gonna owe a lot of money. You're gonna owe more than the thirty bucks for paying your taxes late. Yeah, my uh, my first year out as a freelancer was sticker shock. Oh <laughs> yeah, because I got to got to April sixteenth, and I was like, what the what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, we're gonna have to change things up. And then what really made it much easier after that was when I did the research on you know what to put away. Mm-hmm. And then you know that following year, it was it was smooth. Yeah. You know, it was it was much easier to walk in, get the taxes done. I mean, depending on if you have a tax person or not. Yeah. Walk in, get it done. Go. Oh, this is what I owe. Okay. Go online, pay it. Done. Yeah. You know, it's it so plan ahead and uh, freelance life is a little bit easier that way. Now, um, before we let you go, and thanks again, you've been very gracious with your time, and I think this is a really important subject, especially for my audience. Um, Are you familiar with the page rates in comics these days? Not a clue. Not a clue anymore? No. No, I bet they haven't changed. It's it's funny because I walked in here... um, and it smelled like comic books. Yeah. And, I, and nostalgia for me, and I love it, you know? Yeah. And then I realized, you know, you always you know, you go back to the the, uh, the inaccessibility of comics. So I walked around the entire store, and I looked at everything, and I realized that there is no in. Yeah. If I wanted to buy a comic right now, I have no idea where to start. Yeah. That's why Meltdown's good, because they're very helpful people. Yeah. Meaning you can walk up and be like, hey, what's good? And they'll definitely tell you. Yeah. But for the layperson, just walking in the front door, it's intimidating. I realized how intimidating yeah. and inaccessible it is. Yeah. It's interesting. And so it was just a, you know an epiphany at that moment. Words of the wise from Autumn Chakel. Thanks again, man. We'll talk to you soon. You're welcome. Cheers. Hello, this is Matt Kennedy from Pod Sequentialism. And um, what many, many of you may know that I, I do run a gallery in Los Angeles called La Luz de Jesus Gallery. And what you may not know is that it's inside Wacko, which is probably the greatest center of pop culture in the world. And it may sound like hyperbole. It's not. Um, you can, If you don't want to trust my judgment, you can listen to people like Kevin Smith, uh, James Gunn, uh, David Mack, um, all of whom will swear that uh, one of their favorite places on earth is uh, Wacko, the shop that houses La Luz de Jesus Gallery. Um, whether it's blind box toys or little tchotchkes or art books, it pretty much is the place that you can get all of your Christmas shopping done for every possible annoying person to buy for that you can imagine. They've got everything, and I highly recommend that you visit them. You can visit them online at soapplant.com. You can visit the gallery at laluzdejesus.com, and that's spelled L-A-L-U-Z-D-E-J-E-S-U-S.com. Check them out and tell them Matt Kennedy sent you.